Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your host, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today we're sponsored, we got to pay some bills by Lalo Tactical, L-A-L-O.com. Use the code Maximus50 for a big discount on, on some very fine athletic shoes. We're also sponsored by 10,000 uh, Men's Athletic Wear, 10,000.cc. Use the code Maximus15 for a huge discount. Try to get through that as quickly as possible uh, because we have one of my very favorite singers on the planet on the podcast. Uh, for me, she's she's up there with Aretha Franklin, Anita Baker, uh, Mary J. Blige. I, I think she's one of the best of all time, and, and I'm going to try not to be a fanboy during this um, and it's hard for me. and we're, we're going to try to stay away from music questions, but I, I might slip up. So Selena Johnson, welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank, thank, thank you so much uh, for being on. It's, it's, it's surreal for me to be able to talk to somebody that I listen to a lot. I mean, awesome. like I know, I know your voice, so it's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. And uh, you've worked with, so many of my favorite people, Dave Hollister, Q Parker, Raheem Devon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think, I think those three guys are, are three of the most underrated voices in the whole industry. Yeah, they are. And, 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 and you've worked with them all. And so uh, it, it's incredible to be talking to you. But the reason we have you on the show is you have a huge interest in fitness and bettering yourself. Yes. And so one of the places I want to start is with this whole COVID thing everyone's coming out of the woodwork and they're trying to be a fitness expert now because I don't mm-hmm. think people know what else to do. Yeah. But this is the real deal for you. And to the point where in 2015, I want to say you graduated with a degree in nutritional science. Um, that is correct. And, and I want to say you started that some 20 years before you graduated and just kind of, kind of went back to finish it. Yeah. Well, my first major in college obviously was music. Uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll go back even further. My very first major um, entering in as a freshman was psychology, and I was a theater minor, but I quickly changed that because I was bored to tears, and then I went to a music major, music education, but then um, I signed a record deal, so I dropped out of college, um, and then when I had my first child, um, I went back to college, but I I wasn't um, my, my, um, my need and want to know more knowledge about fitness and nutrition. Like I've been an athlete my entire life. So, you know, you're an athlete, you know how to work out, but you don't necessarily know how to eat. You know, that was a big thing for me. So I would lose weight and then you gain it back. You lose weight and gain it back because you don't know how to eat. And so when I had my first son, he kept getting all these, um, these, uh, ear infections. And I knew a lot about allergies because, um, I started talking to, cause my husband's an ex, um, NBA basketball player and he was playing overseas at the time. He played in EuroLeague as well. And I was just like, man, I just wish, you know, I had someone to help me with, um, nutrition. So he introduced me to a woman named Julie Burns out of Chicago. She's the dietitian for the Bulls, the Bears, the Blackhawks, the White Sox, um, uh, and she kind of introduced me to organics and therapeutic, um, uh, like, like, um, you know, natural foods, the natural healing, how to heal fibroids with nutrition. And so she was kind of my mentor and kind of the, the one that just got me, got the fire burning for wanting to know more about nutrition. So when I had my first son and he kept getting these allergies, I started researching online because I was like, why does he keep getting, you know, I keep giving him all this medicine. And I was like, this sucks. I'm going to keep two, he's two years old. And so I was like, I'm doing all this research. 
hell, I might as well go back to college <laughs> and just get a degree in it. So instead of music, I had already done all my prerequisites. So I was able to just go straight into the, uh, the concentration of nutrition science. And that's how I got, um, I, I enrolled in Kaplan because I was in Italy at the time with my husband. So I enrolled in an online college and then um, I had to go on the road again. So that kind of postponed, postponed because that was in like 2009 or something like that. And then I went back after my second son and just picked it up and finished it in 2015. So, but it, it really helped me understand the body and how it, um, it works with food, which kind of helped me um, just how to, you know, monitor my own diet and stuff like that. Now tell me, did this help in your transformation? Because I want to say you lost at some point, you lost about 50 pounds, is right? Like you made a big life change. Yeah. Did this help with that or did that precede the nutrition degree? Well, that definitely, so the nutrition degree happened in 2015. Now my whole life, I've been up and down, up and down, up and down, you know, been with trainers my entire life, losing weight for this album cover. I mean, you can imagine this video, this tour, whatever the case may be, losing weight for specific things, but then gaining the weight back um, to an extent. After I had kids, it got worse, you know, because it's harder to, as you get older, it's harder to lose weight and all of that. So in 2015, um, <clears throat> in 2015, I had gained like the most weight ever. And it was like September, I just come off tour um, cause I was, I got my degree in June I had come off tour in September. And then I was like, oh, I was like 240 something pounds, like the highest I've ever been, um, without being pregnant, you know? And so that's when I was just like, you know what, I, I got to change this. And then I went on a, a program, um, that my dietitian Julie Burns, um, that they suggested that was like a, one of those um, low calorie diets, but you kind of like eat fats and stuff like that. And I lost 60 pounds on my own. And then I kind of gradually gained it back again because it's, again, it's a, it's a diet. So once you stop doing the things of the diet, if you don't eat that way in regular life, it's harder to maintain something that you don't do on a normal day-to-day -day basis. So I kind of gained it back, you know, stress and all of that. But then when I met my, my coach last year, I gained some considerable amount of weight then last year. So I'm like, you know, God, you know, this is getting ridiculous. So I went to a, I went to my, my trainer and I told people that I was just doing it for an album cover, but I knew that I was going to train for a fitness competition because I knew I had to have something that was final and something that I wanted to do in my life for the rest of my life to keep my mindset always in the, always on the focus of training, losing, you know, and eating properly. Like I had to have something that was in my life to keep me doing that and to keep me on track. So even when you're off season, you know, you, you're not really supposed to go past 15, 20 pounds from stage weight. So I knew that this would be something for me, something that I could use to continue to stay on track, you know, and have a, an accountability partner with a, a trainer and a prep coach, you know? So I didn't tell anyone because I was afraid and didn't know if I was going to be disciplined enough to do it. But then when I dropped 20 something pounds, I think I dropped like 22 pounds in the first two months. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, and I made the announcement on my show, my talk show and say, you know what, I'm going to train for my first fitness competition. And then after that, I lost 30, 32 or 33 additional pounds to be able to step on stage and compete. 
No, and I'll say, look, looking at those pictures, you looked amazing at, at that you time. Much. You're gorgeous. I'm curious. You, you said that you had uh, had always been an athlete. What was your mm-hmm. background uh, even before you went to college? Like, what sports did you play? What was your training like? So from the eighth grade, I played basketball. Okay. And basketball was like, because I'm 5'10". Basketball was like my main sport. Um, and then in high school, you know, obviously I played basketball. All my summers were taken by basketball. But then um, my coach wanted us to do something off season so that we would stay in shape. So then I picked up tennis. I played first doubles. And then I was on the track team. I did field events because I hate running. I think running is sucks. And so <laughs> you do enough running in basketball. So I wasn't going to go and get on a sport where I run some more. And then that's all you do is run. So <laughs> I decided to do the field events, which I felt like, you know, that'll make me stronger. We have to do a lot of lifting for shot and discus. And I'll be stronger when it's time to condition for basketball because I played um, the four and the, the three and the four. And then later, to like a two, two, three and four. So, um, but then in high school, you know, obviously I was doing dual things. I was in singing and choir and acting as well. And obviously one kind of trumped the other. So with the singing. Yeah. Wow. And and there's a, there's a reason I asked that because you had said like, you felt like you needed something to train for. Yes. Um, when, when I was in high school, I was actually not dissimilar. I played uh, uh, football in the fall, basketball in the summer, and then I did Mm -hmm. field events in the spring as well. So Mm -hmm. go sister. I love track and field. Uh, mm-hmm. Shot and discus, heck yeah! yeah. I was yeah. a conference champ. Uh, yeah, I missed, I missed state by two feet. I'm still oh. very hurt. Oh, I feel that. And discus, so much. I was so upset. See, I thought I was going to get the school record in discus, and I was two feet short of that. But I got conference See? and shot put out of nowhere. I was like nowhere See? close until that final final throw. Shot put, um. I sucked in it. <laughs> discus, I was. I, I used to do my thing. Shot put, I'd be like really whack. Like that was. I always got beaten shot put, but discus. I used to turn up. Yeah, I want to. I want to get back to it. I got to find like an amateur league around here and just. You have to because you're an athlete. Once you're an athlete, which is why I compete, which is why I needed this. Right. Once you're an athlete, you're always an athlete. So there's always something in you that needs that competitive nature needs to be filled. Yeah, it has yeah. to be and, filled. And, but you need that thing. You need that mm-hmm. thing like down the line that like is holding you accountable. Because I, f- I felt yeah. that when you said that, because I, I also got into martial arts when I was in college. So I was mm-hmm. a fighter. Uh, Bobby was a fighter. Uh, and when you know you got a fight going up, like you are dialed in. And, and yeah. you know, like I got to get up in the morning and do my thing. And every every bite that you eat is important. But I fell mm-hmm. into the same trap. Of, like I didn't have like I kind of retired from fighting. And I didn't have a thing on my calendar that was holding me accountable. And so I think right. that was really, really key that you yeah. brought that up. And, and yeah. I, I think that background, it like, it feeds that mentality of like, mm-hmm. like you said, when you're off season, you know, yeah, you're going to gain a little bit of weight because you kind of, right. and that's that up and down and up and down. It's, a, it's outrageous, you yeah. know, but you, you always got to have something. And, and, and sometimes you can obsess over it and it'll make you crazy. Yeah. But it's really about just changing your perspective and understanding that at our ages now, it's about for fun, for fulfillment, for inner peace, for inner satisfaction. You know, it's not about competing with others. It's about competing with yourself, yeah. self-betterment, self-advancement. You know what I'm saying? So once you change the <laughs> change the perspective, you know, because when you're younger, it's like, I'm going to beat this person. You know who they are. You've researched them. You know, <laughs> you, know you know who their father is, their mother is. You know, you want them to die. But when you're 40, you're just like, listen, I just want to get through a workout without bad knees. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah exactly. It's right. like, if I have a day when my back doesn't hurt, like, I snap, you know? So, um, I, I, but I do think that as a, an athlete, me have athlete inner 
inner athlete, you always have to have something that fulfills that. It could be anything. But for me, it has to be a sport type of concept because I just really love sports. And did you feel like any pressure? Because, I mean, you're a fantastic showman. Like, you're great presence. And, and, and like, you're, <laughs> your whole thing, I'm in love with it, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, like, when you're on stage, like, do you feel like the fitness thing boosts your confidence? Does it help you be a better performer? No, I think the performing made me be a better competitor. Mm. Because um, while some women who started off um, competing – you know, they probably have the muscles and the tone and the body and all of that, but they don't have the finesse. They don't have the stage presence. They don't have the stage. You know, they're afraid of the stage. They might yeah. be afraid of getting up in front of people with those little bikinis on. You know, I'm an entertainer. So one thing that I had one up on is my stage presence, understanding, smiling, eye contact, different things that I've been training to know that I've been trained to know my entire life. I've been on thousands of stages. So um, that part was the easy part. Like the posing wasn't easy. Now that, that sucked because it was painful. (laughs) But once I got my poses and knew what they were, being able to pop into them and smile and have sex appeal and all that cool stuff. I think that my background as an entertainer actually put me ahead of some of the other ladies in that respect. One question about that. Were you nervous at all, though? And and, and I'll tell you my experience. Like, I, I fought in the UFC. I fought in front of thousands of people. I've been on pay-per-view. You put a mic in front of me in that venue, <laughs> and I feel good. Like, I'm, I'm fine. Right. If you put me in a karaoke bar and asked me to sing, even though I love music, I would have a meltdown. Like, I would be nervous and a wreck. Were you nervous for this show? Or did the stuff from singing kind of carry over for you? Well, again, like stepping on a stage in front of people, easy peasy. What I was nervous about was not having um, enough muscle tone and not looking like I belonged. So I was nervous about, was my training adequate? Am I going to be ready? You know, because in peak week, you, you look one way, but by six days later, you're a whole nother person. And you can't believe what just happened. Like all the water sucked out of you. You look like a skeleton, and but it was muscle. So it's like, you can't imagine that for yourself if you've never gone through it. You know what I'm saying? So when you see like, man, my legs are not as developed as I would have liked. And then when you're looking at all these amazing, fantastic physiques, when you're training for a competition, you're shooting for something that is not um, – necessarily attainable for your physique and for your body. And so you start to get this ideology of what you're supposed to look like when it could be different for you, especially as a first time competitor. So a lot of, a lot of, I looked at a lot of pictures, you know, a lot of these competitors, they'll, they'll post their first show compared to their pro show. And it'll be like a totally different change. And that would make me feel better. But once I got there and I saw my division, because I was obviously a novice, I was in the novice division. Um, there's not a lot of tall competitors. So, um, in my class, it was always like two or three ladies, you know, um, in class C, it's always taller ladies. So once I saw the beginners, they were, their muscle tone was similar to mine, some less than mine. So once I saw that and realized, okay, I can compete here. I belong here. Then the rest is just, all right, well, just turn it on, go on stage and do what you're supposed to do. I didn't have any genders, um, I took, I've taken photo shoots almost naked. So <laughs> in my mind, it was just like, hey, this is just another day at, at the office. 
Um, I was afraid though that I wasn't going to be able to hold my poses as long because my coach kept telling me sometimes they might make you hold the pose for two minutes straight. And I would be in practices like, I can't do this shit. This is ridiculous. Two minutes straight. Oh my God. But it went so fast. You know, they were like, turn to the left, turn to the back. Thank you very much. You know? So I was like, Oh, this is real easy. (laughs) So it was, it was more so, you know, my trip, my trepidation came more from just not having the look that I envisioned of what I'm supposed to have. But after doing the first show, now I know what to look for. And now my coach and I kind of know the speed in which my body builds and, and develops. So now we have a better plan because in your first show, you don't, you don't know. Yeah. Is, yeah. is fitness something you were always an athlete, but the music industry isn't exactly known for going hand in hand with fitness. When you look at right. travel when you look at like after parties, when you look at the drinking and drug culture, like there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that, goes on that, you know, stands in the way, but I've seen a lot of people, uh, Donnell Jones is one. He's really into training. Redmond and Method Man are both in yeah. to training tank. I mean, well, I don't know if tank just was born like that and he looks like that, but he, I want the water that he's drinking. I'll tell My you God. that. He travels with his trainer. He travels. He looks good. Uh, but people are really into it. Did this come naturally to you? Were you always kind of in and out of fitness during the music career or did the music career kind of derail it for a minute? Well, I've always, I'm talking about since a child and I'm just one of these weird people that can do, that just has interests all over the place. But I've always loved the body and just the, the, the makeup of it, how it, how it works. I've always been intrigued by that. And I always, I'm very active. So I've always loved working out. When I was little, my mom used to have these big um, <laughs> workout parties and everybody would have on like leotards, you know, <laughs> you know, the matching leotard with the tights and we'd be doing the little, you know, easy exercises and the, you know, and I just wanted to be like my mom. So I would go in the basement, I'd have on my little leotard and I'd be doing stuff. And when my sister used to work out because she had her first baby, I don't know, I was like 12, I would do the Denise Austin and Jane Fonda tapes with her, you know. Um, So I've always loved fitness. Um, And what's interesting is when I left high school and I decided I wasn't going to play anymore, I still needed that competitive or that fitness kind of concept. Um, so my roommate was uh, a pharmacist major and she was really into fitness. She was teaching aerobics. We started teaching aerobics at, in the college. So that was my first introduction to kind of like really getting into the quote unquote fitness realm. Um, I was playing intramural basketball just, just because, but I really got in, I really got engaged in step aerobics and floor aerobics. And so that was my first encounter with it. Um, but then after, after, you know, I still stayed working out, just always worked out my whole life, just always intrigued with working out. Once I got my first trainer, um, which was with my first record deal, they, they gave me a trainer and, um, he was a, he was in downtown Chicago. He trained me three times a day. And I remember I would get, go there at seven o'clock in the morning and I would do the first workout and then I would fall asleep in there do another one. And then he would make me go over to the East Bank club and he would make me hit, uh, hit the ball with the machine, you know, the, the, the tennis machine, he would make me do all these tennis drills. And that was like five days a week, but he used to have fitness competitors in there. That was my first, you know, seeing like, wow, these people 
you know, they have muscles, they're determined, they're eating all day, you know? And so I was so intrigued by that. Um, and just always would just admire them. So I would buy all these fitness books, Oxygen and Miss Fitness and Muscle Fitness Hers. <laughs> I would have books just stacked to the ceiling just because I love their physique and I love the way their bodies were. Like, I'm not the kind, I don't like all that, you know, this new look of these women now with these gigantic asses and these waists that are this, you know, they're taking ribs out and all this foolishness. I have always loved muscle tone. I think muscle tone is absolutely beautiful. I think it is the natural progression of our bodies that God has created us to have. And so I've always been intrigued by muscular build, whether it's woman or man. So that was my, my first introduction to, to, to fitness competition, fitness competitors and wanting that, having the edge for that. But I've always been into fitness and health, always. Has your weight, and this is a question I've always wanted to ask uh, uh, about your voice, has your weight affected your voice? Like, do you notice a difference in your voice if you're 50 pounds heavier or 50 pounds lighter? Well, absolutely. Two reasons. One, when you're heavier, my, and I'm active. So on stage, I'm all over the place. So that, that hindered that. It hindered my breathing. And breathing is number numero uno when you're trying to sing and dance. And not necessarily a dance routine, but sing and move and and talk and, and, and pay attention to cues and all of that. Being in shape to some extent has to be there. You know what I'm saying? And number two, when I was heavier, I developed acid reflux. So it made my voice deeper. And it was, um, you know, I wasn't eating right and drinking and stuff like that. Um, so I would have acid reflux and I would wake up in the morning and I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk to 2 p.m. You know, I couldn't sing to 2 p.m. So once I changed my diet and tr like changed my lifestyle and learned how to eat properly, then my voice got came back and came back even higher. And then when I lost the weight, I was able to incorporate more, more things on stage for my performance. Oh, wow. That's, that's incredible. Like to think, because I think a lot of people, one of the main premises of our podcast is how to be better in every other area of your life. We firmly believe that fitness makes you a better wife, a better husband, a better mm -hmm. dad, a, a, a better mom, makes yeah. you better at your job. And I, I don't think people would believe, I love that answer because I, I, I don't think people would necessarily link fitness and singing. Like I think people yeah. believe you just wake up a good singer, but I don't think they understand the work that goes into it with people oh, with like real good voices. And listen, to, to piggyback off of that, I study classical music. I study different languages. In college, they don't teach R&B music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was trained classically. I was trained classically in high school as well. And one of the first things I learned in college um, was that most like opera singers being, you know how they try to show you opera singers back in the day, they'd be real big. They'd be, you know, big stomachs. And you, you would equate that to, oh, because they're bigger, they, their di diaphragms are bigger, they can sing louder. And no, actually, the, the stronger their muscles are, and this is what my teacher taught me. She said that the stronger the muscles are, the more fit they are and the cleaner their diet is going to preserve their voice the best. Wow. And so I learned that and, and I was in, in college turning up, drinking, <laughs> you know, being, hanging out, you know. And so my voice wasn't acting right. And I remember I developed vocal nodules. And so I had to go to like a speech therapist for two years and had to learn how to re I had to relearn how to speak with proper breathing. Um, everything I had to relearn everything. And, tr and sure enough, when I changed my diet, 
um, it fixed everything because that acid reflux, the acid would uh, come up on my vocal cords and inflame them and it would prevent me from being able to sing. So I had to change the diet, I had to change everything or I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here to sing today. Yeah, here's, here's an interesting question. You're obviously extremely passionate about the fitness and you're also equally as passionate about the music. Yes. If you had to pick one, what would you pick? Man. Oh man, I, I can't, I can't, t- I can't lose one. Um, I would not, I would not want to lose singing. I mean, you're killing me, but I would have to pick fitness because if I pick singing, then I could get fat <laughs> with no sitting, with no, with no fitness. And then my singing would suffer. So right. it's like, I, I can't have one without the other, but at least if you pick fitness, you do, you might, maybe you don't sing anymore, but you add quality onto your life. You add years onto your life. And, you know, maybe you train someone else who sings, or maybe you pick up an instrument. You're not singing, but maybe you're playing. So fitness. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now I, I, I have some other random questions. Are you Cubs or White Sox? I am a White Sox fan. All right. There's nothing wrong with nothing that. Wrong with you that. can't hate Frank Thomas was a great baseball player. I'm okay I, with that. I'm a, I am a White Sox girl. Um, <laughs> All right. But I do love the passion that the Sox, I mean, that the, um, the Cubs have. All Although right. they have been known to fight people in, <laughs> in the stands. You know, they have to, there's police, you know, aggressive <laughs> police at the Cubs stadium. Um, but uh, I am a White Sox fan. Fair enough. Now let's rewind to Sunday. I think it was April the 19th at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. I got you have a big, Did you have a big old bowl of popcorn just watching the last dance? Listen, it was an, it was an event in this household, okay? Um, my husband, again, retired NBA. He's played against Michael Jordan. Um, he, has, uh, he was in one of Michael Jordan's foundations that he created in Chicago as a young guy. Um, and I grew up watching Michael Jordan all seasons. Obviously, Michael Jordan is the Holy Grail in Chicago. Uh, my friend Cherie, she had all her gym shoes. She started playing basketball because of Michael Jordan. So, you know, the 95-96 Bulls is a, is a staple in this household. Okay. <laughs> Forever and ever, we're going to be tuned in to the TV every Sunday. My son plays basketball. And I really wanted him to see what the real legacy of what real basketball looks like. Not these new kids that just want to wear uh, headbands and, and gym shoes and color socks. You know, this is real basketball um, and real discipline and his work ethic, you know, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And I, I used to love Scottie Pippen. Like I was a Scottie Pippen girl because I love all everybody, but you know, everybody got their one person. So Scottie Pippen was my dude. I did not know that they were not paying this man like like they were supposed to. Right? Jerry Cross is trash. Yeah. You know, we were we were talking about this because I have a memory. I'm 41 years old, and I kind of have this memory of this pristine. I love the Bulls. I love basketball. I was a good fighter, but I was never good enough to play basketball. Um, and I've got this memory of the team broke up, and it was all happy. I didn't realize that 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 Jerry Krause, who I now have a hatred of, that yes. he tore them apart. I had no idea that Scotty was that underpaid. Right. I had no idea about the drama around it. I think I was insulated 
and then and then watching this documentary, mm-hmm. I was I was blown away. And now I can't wait for all the yes. episodes. Like I'm on pins and needles now. Oh my god! How, how old's How old's your son? My son is twelve. Is okay, so you'll moment. you'll relate to this. My guy, his name's Beanie. He's eleven years old. Mm-hmm. He told me that LeBron James and Stephen Curry were the best players ever. And I said, you're going to sit your little punk ass down. You have no idea. No idea. And he now thinks that Michael Jordan is, we watched some Space Jam too, and that's straight. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, mean, listen, I love LeBron James, uh, Steph Curry. The closest thing to Michael Jordan, the closest thing is Kobe Bryant. Let's just be all the way clear. Mm-hmm. This guy was a number two and averaged 30, 40 some points a night. Do you know what that means? He was a guard. Most of his points were in the paint. Yeah. Yeah. These kids yeah. now, they're just shooting threes. They don't even want to go in the paint. This it, was a big man's way, game and he got 30 some points a night. By the way, this is when you could clothesline people. Yeah, like, yeah, it was it was a very away. different game. <laughs> <laughs> Straight away. But I I cannot believe the other thing that came out of that for me is I'm a Scotty Pippen guy too, number 33. I, I think he's one of the best players of all time. Of all time. And, and I'm a I'm a liking him. My favorite male singer of all time is a guy named Donnell Jones. Mm, I think that's he is, <laughs> if there is like one, he's the king of R and B for me. There's there's like he is the guy. Underrated. Not he a lot of people underrated. know who he is. That's Scottie Pippen to me. Like, I think, and it's hard to believe that he's one of the top 50 players ever, but I think you take Jordan away, Scottie's still. Scottie's he, he still. was the number two player when Jordan was best, playing. Yeah, he's one of the best players in the world. Just know it's pretty hard to be playing alongside Michael Jordan. Like, I don't know what the, what the music analogy is, but like being the girl that's got to sing next to Diana Ross. Like, it's what? just... Sorry about your luck, Scotty. But but even but even Michael was like, yo, like when when Scotty sat out for that year, he was like, I was in a nightmare. Like I could I couldn't even play without Scotty. And what people don't understand about Scotty is what you see very rarely in the league today. I like to the only person that could come close to Scotty right now today is Clay Thompson. Scotty was a two way player. Yeah, two way. This dude's defense was un, he was unstoppable defensively and unstoppable offensively these players nowadays they don't have that clay thompson is the closest thing because he he can play inside he can defend and he can shoot outside he's the closest thing to that you know i i do want to say i got a buddy uh his name's ronnie price uh, another guy named darren williams they're really good friends of mine both played in the nba we were talking and we all came to the same conclusion about mike mike said he was pissed at scotty when he sat out and that's the only time Michael Jordan has said in his entire life, his existence, I needed him. Mm-hmm. That's the only, because Mike's got that, I'm going to do this to myself. Yep. I'm going to take this on my back. That's the only time I have ever heard that man admit that he needed somebody else. He was genuinely pissed at Scotty. Well, he needed that. He needed to have Scotty sit out because everybody needed to understand how valuable Scotty was. Because the fact that yes. this man was only getting that much money for all that he did for that team, there would not have been a six peat without Scotty Pippen. 
Now, yeah, no, six, it, six rings, he wouldn't have had it without Scotty Pippen. Yeah. No, and, and I think people forget when Jordan left, Scotty took that team to a conference game seven by himself. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're better without Scotty. Now, one more Chi-Town reference. Did you raise an eyebrow like I did when they referred to Barack as former Chicago resident? I died. I can't do this. I'm not doing this today, Bobby. I'm not doing this. I I can't. I can't do this. I I can't do this with our current president. I can't do this. Um, You know, I cannot. My my little dude, we were watching it. They show like a Chicago kid. They show like a mom. They show Barack. Beans goes, Dad, isn't isn't that the president? I go, Yeah, Beans. He lives in Chicago too. It's insane. <laughs> oh, the mental oh. illness it just runs so rampant. We just you guys need to do a whole segment on mental illness. I mean, and mental fitness I because I got to tell you, it's some crazy birdies out here, and they're sitting in the White I, House. <laughs> I hear you. There's there's a lot of crap. I want I want Brock back. I I love that man. So I need oh, him. Man. I need him to come. We'd all be playing basketball, having fun right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> now. In terms of in terms of the podcast, I I I always ask for favors from people. Oh, wow. So one, can you send me an autographed copy of Love Hangover? You can't find that oh, shit anywhere. Well, you're out of luck. Can you help I me? can't find it either. <laughs> and then you, you, you look on eBay and the shit's like $9,000. Because nobody can find it. It's gone forever. <laughs> All right. All right. Number, number two, can you just do a duet with Donnell? This would, would make my life complete. <laughs> Well, I love Donnell. I know Donnell. He's a good friend of mine. I absolutely love him. He's one of my favorite writers of all time. Um, and he's a, such a great, nice, sweet guy. So you never know. You never know right. what this next album has. Um, I'm always collaborating with Chicago um, artists. So that's never, that's not far-fetched. And I'm not the type of artist who really kind of, you know, oh, I don't want to work with this person. I don't want to work with this person. I like working with other artists because... You learn, there's all kinds of artists because you learn so much from them. You learn something new and, you know, you get to collaborate. You get to see how your voices sound. Then you get to change your voice to fit to theirs, you know. So Donnell's dope. I definitely do a duo with Donnell. Did you hear what he did with, um, oh, man. Dude, this thing's don't listen to what people say. What's his name? Oh, my God. Robin, what's, what's old boy name that sing don't listen to what people say? John B. Did you hear he did a whole oh, thing with yeah, John yeah. B? And don't even I get love started. John B. John B. is is bona fide. <laughs> is one of the bon- I think I think he's another guy. If you listen to Bonafide from front to back, it's oh, one yeah. of the best albums ever. And, and yeah, these kids today, these kids have no idea. I cool. think I think my top three men all time are Donnell, John B. and Avant. Like if I had to read. Mm narrow it down on that note i do this thing called deadlifts and slow jams and i'm pulling up my playlist so here's here's the deal deadlifting is the best exercise for the hips hips are important for all kinds of life activities it's important to have strong hips Mm -hmm. um and and i I got this playlist and I, i have some miss selena johnson on here i have some keith sweat i've got some donnell jones some raheem devon 
my first crush, Adina Howard. I got, uh, man, I had it bad for her. Russ, I like Russ. He can sing, he can songwrite. I don't know if you heard Russ yet. Good. What is on your Deadlifts and Slow Jams playlist? Um, I got to tell you, this new guy, first of all, Molly Music. I love Molly Music. Um, Jonathan McReynolds. I like a little gospel. I like to praise the Lord every now and then. Okay. I, well, I praise the Lord every day, but I like Jonathan McReynolds. Right. You'll love him. All right. Are you, are you a Kelly Price girl? I am a Kelly Price girl, but I'm a Kelly right. Price voice girl. So, some of her songs, okay. yeah, but her voice top five, but it's a new right. kid. His name is Kevin Ross. Unbelievable. Okay. When we get off of this, you guys have got to go to his page. He does these mashups that are outrageous. Like the other day with the Teddy Riley and Babyface um, challenge, you know, competition. He did a I whole mashup. <laughs> oh, it was very, it was nuts. The, it was nuts. The very first time it was outrageous. And then they came back and did it again. But Kevin <laughs> Ross has an EP out and it's, Absolutely. I just absolutely love it. It's so dope. It's only like six, seven songs, but it's so dope. And he's so talented. So right now, him and as far as women, her. I really like her. She's dope, too. She's for a new new girl. She's dope. You know, I listen to a lot of old stuff. I'm a Sade fan. So Sade, she does it for me. Now, it's weird because she's not this big singing, you know, but her technique cannot be duplicated. Nobody sounds like Sade. Sade is Sade. I don't care who y'all. You're never gonna <laughs> sing like her. <laughs> Just this heifer can come out five, 15 years later and still sell out a stadium. Nobody can do that like her. She's like the greatest to me. So is is she the one? Like if you if she showed up at your door right now and said like, "Hey, Sammy, would you be shook?" Is she the one? I would fall out. Would, like, I would fall out. <laughs> I love it. Come get me off the floor. I would literally fall out. I fell out at one of her concerts and I was like far away. She came out of these sheer curtains and had on a tuxedo shirt and black pants doing a two-step and I almost fainted. I was like, this is the smoothest lady in history. I don't even know why people don't understand how cold this lady is. She wasn't even, and just opens her mouth Ruling the way that I move. That's all she does. And you're like, ah! screaming all over the place. She's so dope. I love that. Well, listen, this this has been an absolute pleasure. And I, I mean yes. this from the bottom of my heart. You are one of my very favorite voices of all time. Yeah. If, if I can say this respectfully, I think you're one of the most underrated singers of all time. You're certainly in my top five. I mean, it's just incredible your voice and and Thank I you. love that you love fitness. It makes you yes. as a person just so damn cool because I think it's such a passion for me mm-hmm. and music that um like I'm 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 in awe. Now on that note, uh, man, I I didn't get the gift. I I I really want to sound like Donnell. <laughs> I did. What what can I do to sound so I can sing along and do the songs justice? Is this like a is there like a shower routine for me? Do I need to see a coach or am I am I done? I think you should just turn up the song real loud. <laughs> All right. That's, and just do your advice. thing so that no one really hears it but uh, you, and then you can feel like you're doing your thing. Because you're right. singing right along with what's happening, but no that's, one else really understands that it's not happening. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's a great answer. I like that. Uh, this has been awesome though you guys are awesome anytime you you guys want me to come on here and talk about stuff especially fitness um i'm also training for my next one i mean covid has us in the house but i was supposed to do my i was supposed to do one june 21st but obviously that's not gonna happen so i'm doing linda murray august 29th um in savannah georgia so i'm training for that one so it's not too much you can do like i can't get the big moves like the deadlift the leg press chest, you know, um, um, I can't do chest press. I can't do my five by fives effectively because I'm inside of the house, but I'm just trying to maintain, you know, my figure as much as I can until I can get out of here and, and really get to a real gym and do steam and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, the elliptical note, for Christ's sakes. What are you doing in the house? Are you just doing all kinds of body weight stuff? Cause we know you're staying fit. Well, I have a, I have a treadmill. I have a bike. I have, um, you know, one of those, one of those rat, those uh, weight blocks where like it goes from five to 50 pounds yep. that are like dumbbells. I have one of those. I have a bench. So I just pretty much do dumbbell workouts every day and I do legs on Monday. You know, um, I try to do my legs and back away from each other. So I'll, so I'll probably do back tomorrow. Chest, um, shoulders, triceps and biceps. Um, so I do four days of strength training. I do five days of fasted cardio and then uh, my coach has me do like homework. So I, I'm trying to build my shoulders this time because they didn't they didn't come in as much as I would have liked. My back, my wingspan wasn't as much as I would have liked. So we're trying to build that up and trying to get my hips and butt down because those are the things that like to stick around. Yep. <laughs> so what? just doing that. And and we gotta ask what's what's next. You had you had woman. It it, it it's your newest album. Yes. But what, what's what's I think it's like chapter eight. Is that right? No. Uh, no. Woman, I dropped the chapters. So chapter okay. six was the last chapter. Woman right. is the accumulation of all the things I've learned, you know, as a woman um, from chapters one through six. And of course, the love hangover that you that is nowhere in the world uh, <laughs> uh, that you can throw that in there. Um, so and then, I, you know, I also did a, a reggae. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I did okay. a, the nine album. I know, I- I'm so glad you brought that up. The one, yes. the, the, the Me and song, Music Soul Child. Yeah, the song with Music Soul Child is great. And I love, it's it's an older song. And I don't know how many people would know it, but tonight I'm I'm a let go with Busta, Spliff Star, Rampage. That's chapter two, I, yeah. I think it was chapter two. Mm-hmm. Can you do more reggae for us? I love, I love reggae. And one of the reggae um, producers that I work with, that, I, that wanted to work with me in the past reached out to me. So yes, I will be doing some more reggae in the future. Um, I would love to do a whole other reggae album. Um, I love reggae. I, I might even do some South African music. I did a South African duet with Mafiki um, Zolo. So I'm definitely, you know, into just doing all kinds of stuff. You know, like I told you, I don't shy away from artists. So I like to work with all kinds of stuff. But the Woman album is out now. Yeah. Here's here's what's going to happen because my brain's spinning now. Uh-oh. I. I I want you next year to come to my favorite event in the world. I'm Toronto. I am from Toronto. It's my city. I want you to come to Carabana and mm. I want you to sing with Barrington Levy and I want a front row seat. Wow. Uh, you need to work. Yeah, is that hard to do? Can you just make this happen? Listen, here's what's crazy. I have never, my best friend is from Canada. 
But I have never, and she lives in North Carolina now, but I've never been to Toronto. You need to go to, you need to go to Caravana. It is the greatest thing. It's the biggest Caribbean festival in the world. It's incredible. That's so fun. So next year, when is it? Like next year, when? Summer? Uh, It's usually in like the start of July, but this year Mm -hmm. it's been, I I don't even know if it's going to happen. I think they've canceled everything, which is unfortunate, but, but the daytime is uh, stewed peas, roti, oxtail stew, like everything you could have dancing. It's fun. And then at night, tons of musicians come in and you get all kinds of mashups and concerts that you otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't be see. able to get. Oh, that's you, awesome. wouldn't, you, you wouldn't be able to get. So I think, and, and it's become a thing where it's like LeBron goes every year. Steph Curry goes every year. Like it is the place to be. So we need to get you up there. Yeah. Somebody need to call somebody and tell somebody. <laughs> <I know about laughs> that this. sounds like fun. I've never been to Toronto, which is weird. I, all these years in my life and I've never been to Toronto and it's literally across from Detroit. <laughs> it's just like literally go across into go to Detroit and you're there. So yeah, that would be something. Hmm. Toronto, Let me talk to Toronto's my people and see. You get you get on that, and like I said, I want I want you on stage at Barrington Levy because he's one of my favorites, and he also loves Canada, which makes me which <laughs> makes me happy. Right. <laughs> you know. So um, thank you so much. This has been incredible. It's been yeah. a blast. Me. Thank you so much. I, I I love I love how your 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 whole career. It's like everything is so blended and so natural and so real. You know, the fitness and the singing are just they're together, and that's I, I think it's inspiring. So, thank you for thank the work you, so you do. Much. Thank you for the entertainment. I'm like I said, I'm a huge fan. So, thank you. For Yay! Thank you guys so much. Anytime, you guys be safe and, in this and, coronavirus. Don't be listening to these people. Well, see, you all are smart in Toronto. You all are doing your thing in Canada. We are having a time here. Well, it's an idiot fest where we are. <laughs> I know. I I live in Salt Lake City now, so I've, I've moved down to the States. Oh, and, man. And I called Joe. I'll tell you, I I love America, and I'm very grateful for everything, but there are some times I call Joe, and I say, Joe, I want to move home. I just want to move home. See, and, and, and I'm in Minneapolis, so I'm, like, practically oh, in Canada. So. so you're in a nightmare. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Oh, we're all screwed. Oh, well, everybody just pray. You know, I'll be. (laughs) November's coming. November's coming. Biden, come on, Jesus. We got to get Biden in there. I I have this set up, Selena. I'm going to be fine Sunday night. I'm going to be lifting weights, doing some lunges because it's always motherfucking leg day. Mm -hmm. I hate leg day. Slow jams. And I'm going to be watching the last dance and playing basketball in my garage. And the whole world's going to melt away. I'm going to be just fine. You're going to stick my head in the sand. It's going to be a good life. Well, that's the best way to do it. Michael Jordan waiting for him every week. And this week is Dennis Rodman. So I'm really excited about that. We got to figure out how crazy this guy was. You know, do you know an interesting thing about him? He used to actually watch. He gets his reputation as a crazy person, but he used to watch tape on how many times like Michael's ball would spin in the air so he could figure out how to rebound it better. Like that that dedication of that man is a lot. Everyone just sees the show and the wigs and the makeup and the whole deal. But the dedication he had was incredible. Ridiculous. Incredible. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, I, I cannot wait to hear his two part. days, two days. <laughs> I know. Then we gotta work seven more. <laughs> Joe, 
Joe is Joe is the smart one because he he's not watching it till all mm-hmm. ten episodes are out, so he can well, he just, can just watch. Man, you, you got you got you got some really good discipline. <laughs> I, 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 I can't do it. I didn't watch Game of Thrones until season eight was out. Like, I, let's do this <laughs> all, <Right>. all together. <laughs> well. Man, if we could just push the quarantine, then maybe <laughs> you can wait and then go look. <laughs> but by the time the quarantine, the quarantine will be over then, and then you have to go outside and you'll miss it. So, you know, I can't wait. I got to have Michael Jordan every weekend because, you know, we don't have him anymore. And we don't have any basketball for that matter. So it sucks. Yeah. It's all we yeah. have. Who do, you, who do you love more, Mike or Dwayne Wade? God, Michael Jordan. All right. I just, <laughs> Dwayne Wade's a Chicago native. I got to check. You guys love him there. I love Dwayne Wade. He's he's solid, but he's no Michael Jordan. Yeah, Michael Jordan is the greatest player ever lived. Where does where where does D Rose fall on the list for you? I love D Rose. I had a D All Rose right. jersey. Um, and I love him, and I love his comeback. I love his comeback over there. Where is he? he's with the Timberwolves? Yep. Because he went over there with Thibodeau. He went over there with Thibodeau. He's with the he's with the Timberwolves, and he, he like. When he had that 50-point game and started crying, I was just – I was crying with him because, you know, injuries are something, and that guy went through a lot. He went through a lot after after his, after that injury. So I'm just – I love Derek Rose. I think he's solid. Do you think – do you think Chicago did him dirty, or was he done right by Chicago? I think Chicago does everybody dirty because I think that okay. front office is bullshit. I just, All right. I think they are. And I think that, that the energy of Jerry Cross um, continue with Paxton. And I think that, you know, just that, that, that whole front office is trash. They really need to just revamp the entire front office because the, the Chicago Bulls haven't been the same really since Michael Jordan left, since that team broke up. It hasn't yeah. really been the same. You ain't, you ain't wrong on that. Now, did, did, I keep asking you stuff because I'm so curious. Final question. <laughs> Where does Scott McKnight rank on your all-time basketball players list? Now, is this Scott McKnight the coach for Indiana? Scott McKnight? No, this is... Oh, that's Bobby McKnight. This is is Scott McKnight, Queen Latifah's boyfriend, a.k.a. Common. Oh, Scott McKnight from the (laughs) greatest basketball movie of all time. That's Scott McKnight. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, no, he ranks as inside of that movie. <laughs> Him and Joanna Man are running neck and neck. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I had to, I had to ask because Common's Chicago too. He looks like he can play basketball. He can play, but he can he can play ball. He did good in that All Star thing this year. It was good. Yeah, he can play basketball. He can. He's he's a huge basketball fan. He can play basketball, but Scott McKnight is as far as it goes. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. It's been awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Um, Be safe. Stay out of the streets. And uh, pray. That's all we got left. That's it. And and work out and watch The Last Dance. That's it. That's all all we got. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Because you're the last of a dying breed.